You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of SD Times. And now, here's Jacob Lukowitz, online and social media editor at SD Times. In today's episode of What the Dev, we'll be talking about how adopting or evaluating AI versus actually benefiting from it can be far different challenges, and what are the key things that can be done to help make AI adoption at organizations successful. With me today to talk about the matter, I have Dr. Aaron Cheng, the Vice President of Data Science at Dot Data, a company that offers end-to-end data science automation for the enterprise. Welcome to the show, Aaron, and thanks for coming on. Thank you. Great. To start off, can you tell me a bit about what you're seeing when it comes to the, the rise of AI adoption at companies? Are many, are many currently looking into it moving forward, or have you seen that many have already adopted it and are looking to gain more, uh, more benefits? I think a lot of companies nowadays are really talking about AI and machine learning. A lot of companies, uh, as a matter of fact, they have probably started the recruiting data scientists. They have started to place some kind of, uh, you know, uh, organize some kind of data science organization. But if we are talking about how many companies have really successfully implemented AI or machine learning models into their day-to-day business, I think that number is actually not very impressive. Mm-hmm. That number are very impressed. I really, I believe, about two years ago, I've seen some kind of a report, either a Gartner report or, you know, report from some other uh, uh, market research companies. Mm-hmm. We're talking about like eighty-five uh, percent of the data science and artificial intelligence projects have failed. Only fifteen percent mm-hmm. have succeeded. And those fifteen percent, as we all know, they are the Googles, Amazons of the world. But not every company right. is a Google, Amazon. That's why they have failed. So that's mm-hmm. a reality. Right. So what are some of the main things that, uh, that are kind of factoring into why they're not getting the insights that they expect? Is it, is it sort of the, the companies need a mindset change when they're going into it? Do they expect everything to just work off right off the bat? Or is there a thing that, you know, the AI solutions could, uh, could be doing themselves to better the, the business outcomes? I think uh, there's a few things, uh, you know, uh, uh, people could have done better. The first one is to, to define the right problem to begin with. I've seen a lot of companies interested in machine learning AI because everybody else is talking about it. Everybody else is trying to do something about it. So, you know, when they started their machine learning AI journey, they did not start with something that has a true impact with the organization, but rather they just want to do some experiment, right? To, mm-hmm. to, to entertain their curiosity. So from that perspective, I'm sure they can generate some kind of models, generate some kind of predictions, numbers, equations, but you know what? when it comes to the, the applicability to their business, to get the business team interested in those models, to use them in their day-to-day business, it's just very, very challenging. So from that perspective, defining a relevant problem, clearly defining a problem that has a business impact is actually very, very important. Mm-hmm. And the second aspect I was thinking about is, uh, you know, actually, you know, uh, I also manage uh, a lot of uh, customer success activity within dot data. So what I've seen so far is, uh, you know, uh, for some of the customers who have been very successful in using our models, one thing that we are doing with them is uh, we need to clearly articulate and quantify the business impact of the AI machine learning models, of the prediction at the get-go when we are doing this project. Rather than Mm -hmm. building a lot of predictions already, then we say, you know, what is the impact that we're talking about, right? People love numbers. If we put a number in front of the business team and tell them, this is the impact that we are talking about. This is the dollar amount that we are looking at on the table. If we are going mm-hmm. to use this model, I think that's going to be 
a lot easier to get them interested to get them interested I see. and there are some yeah there are some other areas i think uh, we ought to do better as well for example you know um i i have a data science background i i'm a data science i remain a you know a data science practitioner myself to mm -hmm. me i do believe that the you know data scientists you know uh, we call ourselves scientists right so we have this a mindset of doing experiment not the mindset of deploying it but in order to mm -hmm. generate the, the real value right in order to you know have the business agreeing to the value of our project it's very important that we put our model into production but putting data science model into production is a different kind of exercise the reason is very simple data scientists my, myself as one we can develop a lot of code, but we are not software developers, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a good idea to put my code directly into a production environment. So from that perspective, after the model is developed, there is another process to productionize the data science model. And that can be very, very complex because that has mm -hmm. a lot to do with the customer's current way of doing their implementation. There is a lot of IT constraint, et cetera, et cetera. So from that perspective, you know, what I've seen with some of our customers is, uh, you know, they develop the model. And then when they are thinking about how they can deploy the model, all of a sudden, it's something that they've never thought about before. Mm -hmm. So with this, I, this, I think one piece of advice that I can give is uh, when we are considering a solution, when we are, you know, are planning for the project, we should always have just a deployment as a very important consideration in part, mm -hmm. as part of that planning. Without this, it's going to be very, very difficult to, to get the model into production and generate a business impact. Mm -hmm. I see. Great. Yeah. And, and kind of going back a little bit to what we were talking about before, are you seeing that some companies are just kind of jumping onto the AI bandwagon? Cause that's, that's the thing that everyone's doing. And is it really for everyone to, um, to try to adopt that? Yeah, so uh, I think the first question, am I seeing a lot of companies just try to be part of it? Yes, absolutely. Because sometimes, uh, you know, uh, when we talk to our customers, some of our potential customers, we ask them, what is the problem they're interested in? They have no problem, right? A lot of times they're just like, uh, you know what, Aaron, I've got uh, this 20 years worth of data collected from mm -hmm. 20 different sources. I don't even know what's in the data. Can you guys just tell us what is in the data, right? Frankly speaking, for someone like us, we are data scientists. We don't know their business. You know what I'm saying? How can I tell you what's in your data, right? You should have a business interest to begin with so that you can ask the right question. Then data scientists, data science software can help you analyze the data from the perspective that you define. We cannot just create the magic from the data. That is not what AI or data science is supposed to do. Right. So that to so to answer the, the, the first question you, you you've just mentioned, yes, I've seen a lot of companies, frankly speaking, they just want to be part of it without clearly understanding, without clearly understanding, you know, what is uh, what is uh, the, 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 you know, the, 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 the real business need. The second question is, uh, you know, is AI or machine learning for, for everyone? Right. So I think uh, in the long run, yes, it is indeed. You know, because uh, this is where this world is headed, right? If you look at the retail, right, even Walmart today, you know, they want to replicate the success of Amazon because, you know, Amazon, they revolutionized the retail industry, right? So right now, Walmart is trying to do the same. The point is, uh, this is the direction. Everybody needs to go, you know, uh, uh, follow that direction so that they can be 
more successful not only for today but you know also for tomorrow but the challenge is what is the meaningful project what is the right thing they need to be doing today right to get started with the ai to get started with the machine learning that's a different conversation that's actually something requires uh, again like what i said someone who really understand the business who understands the pain point and also someone who really understand the readiness of a lot of uh, machine learning and data science project what it requires so that you know they can have a very comfortable start um, so just to be clear for our listeners, um, I've often heard before that the terms AI and ML were, were often conflated um, within, within a conversation. Is there like a clear differentiating uh, factor between the two that's important to know when talking about this? Yeah, in my view, AI is a bigger category. You know, AI, it's mainly about anything that uh, kind of, uh, you know, has the interest of using data to, to mm. kind of drive some business outcome. Machine learning, frankly speaking, it's a, a one specific uh, a, a type of solution within the artificial intelligence community. So there's a machine learning, there's a deep learning, then we you know we even have a traditional statistical modeling. If you, you mm. use those uh, techniques correctly, they can deliver AI solutions as well. Great, and can you tell me a bit about what these kinds of like uh, solutions that are coming out now uh, and about dot data solution, how does it help companies with the the explainability factor? Uh, as you said before, uh, AI algorithms and everything are, are relatively hard to uh, to grasp. How does this kind of help them with with these kinds of things? Yeah, so there's a few things I can think of, right? For data scientists, a lot of times when they are developing a model, their head is always about getting the highest, the most accurate model possible. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, we all know that the most accurate model is typically the black box type of model, which is they are accurate, but you have no idea what is the internal transformation logic is really like. It's not like a, you know, a linear regression, for example, we all understand, right? The, you know, mm-hmm. what is the intercept, what is the coefficient for each input parameter? And you can really take that model, go to business, validate each parameter with this, and does this make sense, does this not? But for mm-hmm. more complex, more accurate, but meanwhile, more complex AI models, you know, frankly speaking, you know, there's a 50 feeding param- 50,000 feeding parameters, right? I'll often say this, when you are looking at the linear model, you've got five input parameters. You want to see what those feeding parameters are because you can try to, you know, reason them. But when you are dealing with 50,000, right? It's just overwhelming. There's no, there's no way you can possibly validate that amount of information with the user. So from that perspective, you know, I do recommend, you know, for a lot of businesses who are interested in implementing AI or machine learning models, they've got to be very practical to begin with. It is not. When it comes down to business op- adoption, it is never about the most accurate model. Never. Mm-hmm. Right? That explainability is the key. Right? We should not, you know, always say, oh, this model is not that accurate. Right? Let's keep tuning it, try to get something better. I think... Uh, you know, making this, uh, you know, a perfect to be the enemy of a good is not the right thing to do in this business. Mm-hmm. I think what we've got to do is to start with something simple, simple models offers good explainability so that you can start validating some of those information, validating those assumptions with the business team. This is the right way to get started with, with the machine learning practice. And uh, mm-hmm. speaking of the data solution, you know, within our product, we actually offer two different kind of models. One is so-called, uh, 
you know, uh, white box models. White box models means that they are more explainable, they are more transparent, but make no mistake. Most of the time, they are not as accurate as those are black, box, black box models. But on the yeah. other hand, for a lot of large banks, insurance companies, the type of a practice which requires a lot of uh, regulatory uh, approvals, what we've seen is that the adoption of white box models is actually a lot easier compared to those mm -hmm. black box models. Meanwhile, we do offer a lot of uh, black, smart, black, black box models as well, depending on the user's interest. So mm -hmm. I just want the, the audience to really understand when you are selecting a model, do not always just go with the most accurate model because that is not a very practical consideration in the downstream. Mm -hmm. Of the two, what are you seeing that, that customers are kind of leaning towards more uh, with regards to white boxes or black boxes now? Yeah, I would say it also depends on the application. For a lot mm -hmm. of, for example, the, the let's say, you know, customers 360, you know, for a lot of, for example, revenue prediction, those kind of projects that we do a lot, this kind of uh, more, more white boxy type of model is definitely, you know, it's got adopted a lot more because those models, as I said, you know, the users wants to, the business users, they want to understand these models. They want to ask a lot of whys. They ask, they want to know what is the input parameter, what is transformation logic going to this modeling process. So if you have to deal with those kind of situations, definitely white box model is a lot, it's a lot easier, right? But mm -hmm. the, the black box model, as I said, oftentimes uh, they, they are a lot more accurate. They are a lot more accurate. It's just uh, depends on the, the application. I would say like for fraud detection, those kind of use case, you know, if I were to look at the, the, <clears throat> the state of the art, the fraud detection type of models, I think most of them are black boxy type of models, but it's okay. Because in that particular you know, uh, area, for those kind of use cases, the, the accuracy is probably the dominant, the dominant evaluation criteria for those kind of modeling process. So mm -hmm. again, it really depends. I see. And uh, are you finding that there's still kind of a considerable learning curve when it comes to the, the business side, trying to understand how AI would be implemented or is this, this gap kind of being closed already? The, the learning curve is still very steep, right? And I think that there are two kind of learning curve. One is uh, to understand the basic uh, statistics concept, understand the basic machine learning concept. That one, frankly speaking, there are so many books, there are so many online resources, so many universities that even offer a lot of online classrooms teaching those concepts. You know, my experience has been that uh, for someone who is interested, it, it doesn't take a, a lot of time to really get to get over that uh, learning curve, right? Mm -hmm. But the bigger learning curve, you know, uh, that I'm seeing right now is uh, kind of try to connect this uh, statistical concept to a real business problem. So this mm -hmm. is where a lot of uh, the users, they feel like uh, they understand, for example, in machine learning, in classification use case, we have a concept called the you know, uh, 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 precision and recall, right? They, they, can, they can define the concept uh, clearly from a statistical point of view, but to relate that to a specific business problem and articulate uh, which matrix is more important from a business application point of view, sort of to put those, uh, you know, uh, 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 classroom concepts into some kind of real application, that is actually a much steeper of a learning curve because uh, 
to get that part right, you need to understand more than just the statistical definition, but the rather what is the problem? What is the business problem we are trying to solve as well? And try to understand from the business point of view, what is the true interest? So that kind of a learning curve to define a problem, you know, to define, you know, uh, to, to kind of define it from a business meaningful way. And meanwhile, also, you know, statistically, you know, reasonable way. So that kind of learning curve is actually a lot more steep. I see. Yeah. And, um, you said so it really comes down to kind of understanding the data uh that's being fed to this the the ai uh models right and are you seeing that companies now are really now kind of implementing that into their their business side is that becoming a phenomenon that's more common yeah i would i would think so i think uh typically speaking Nowadays, uh, you know, data is gold, right? You know, there is a lot of uh, information in the data that can provide something extremely powerful. That's why, generally speaking, more data will produce uh, something better. And here, the more data, I think uh, there are two <clears throat> two meanings. One is uh, more volume of the data. <clears throat> I think more volume of the data, frankly speaking, generally speaking, will present a, maybe a bigger pool of information for the model to learn and then to validate and then to correct itself in the end to produce a better prediction. So that's one part of it. A lot of companies, so instead of using one year data, they use three years of data. Instead of uh, mm -hmm. using 100 customers of data, they're trying to use a million customers of data. So I think that type of process is very intuitive for us to understand. The other kind of more data is uh, actually more dimensions of a data. So let me mm -hmm. give you an example. Like, uh, you know, traditionally say, if you want to predict which customer is going to buy a particular product from a Walmart store, right, you would want to collect a lot of information about all different kind of customers, all different kind of products within Walmart that you can build a, you know, a great machine learning model out of. But when it comes to nowadays, you know, uh, there's a new type of a new approach to solve this problem. We are adding, you know, very different dimensions of information. For example, we probably want to add this weather information because so, you know, severe, under severe weather, people may not go to store to shop at all. It's not just about this product versus that product. They just do not shop, right? The other one is you probably want to add some kind of GDP information, right? Because when the country is rich, everybody has more money. They would like to shop. When the GDP is low, nobody's gonna do shopping. You know what I'm saying? So the point is, uh, Nowadays, when it comes to machine learning modeling, it's not just about the historical data, more, the more the more the merrier, but rather try to use the different, different dimensions of information, <coughs> excuse me, to augment the historical data, right? So to come up with an even better prediction. So that kind of approach, you know, dot data is a big fan of. Our product is actually designed specifically for those kind of use cases but this kind of mindset, I don't think is there yet for a lot of companies. Many of them, they are still like, uh, this is how we've been doing this. Let's just use a more volume of it. I think that approach, as I said, is beneficial, but it has a limitation. But by adding different dimensions of information, by adding like uh, the use case I said, social media information, demographic information, weather information, microeconomic information, and on and on you will sometimes get a lot better, much, much better prediction outcome. So that's something, you know, I think uh, many companies, uh, you know, should start to uh, pay attention to. Right. 
Right. Yeah. And my last question is here is, are there any other things you'd like to add on how organizations can more successfully implement AI? Yeah, I think uh, I would like to go back to one point I just made earlier, right? Do not let mm-hmm. the perfect to be the enemy of a good. Mm-hmm. I think uh, AI, a lot of times, it's more than just uh, how accurate your model is. A lot of times, this uh, adoption part is the key. So my recommendation is uh, for many companies out there who want to get started with their journey, you know, uh, uh, if you have some kind of model developed, put it into production. Start using it. Start presenting this information to the business team. Right? Let them get used to this new way of doing things. Right? Collect their feedback and then improve on it rather than just waiting <clears throat> until you've got the best model in the world. And you think mm-hmm. you can nail it when you present it to the business team. They are like, this is not the right problem. This mm-hmm. is not how we intend to you know, solve this particular problem. I think uh, that in today's world is a different approach. We can always iterate the modeling part. We can always improve the accuracy. but to get the business understand the new way of doing things, to get their feedback, right? To get their buying, that will just take time, right? right. No matter how, it's going to take time. So let's get get you know to their input a lot faster before mm-hmm. we invest too much time to perfect the models. Right. I think a lot of uh, the perfectionists out there are going to have a hard time accepting that. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my my view. Having spent uh, close to fifteen years really working in the enterprise data science space, right? You know, mm-hmm. in the enterprise data science space, frankly speaking, it's all about the using data science, using data to drive business outcome, to drive the business value, rather than, you know, creating the highest score to make yourself feel very happy. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Aaron, for coming on the show. It was great speaking to you. Thank you. Great. And also thank you to our listeners of today's show. Be sure to check out all of our episodes on your favorite podcast listening platform. Till next time, this has been What the Dev.